0: Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Casey Haston on the line. Casey, how are you?
1: I am fabulous. How are you doing?
0: I am great. Great to finally connect. I know we talked a while back in different worlds when we chatted then, um, but, you know, hey, we, we marched through and I think the topic today is timeless, no matter if you're going through a pandemic or not, it's hiring. And hiring the right people for your organization. So, tell us about your organization. I know you're with VIP, but tell us a little bit about your backstory and the work that you do.
1: So, well, my backstory is quite lengthy, and it's a little different than most people's. Um, so, let me tell you a little bit about VIP first. VIP, we are a third-party recruiting firm. So, clients that, um, or companies that are having difficulty finding that right talent, they'll engage with us to go find that talent for them. And I think I added it up the other day, and I want to say in my recruiting career, I believe I've conducted about, both internally and externally, over 5,000 interviews. So, I, I think that um, I think I have a kind of a unique perspective on hiring just because I do hire for our team internally and I hire externally, but I haven't always been a recruiter. My original background was in accounting. Um, I did that for about twenty years and finally fell into my passion when I was interviewing with recruiters for an accounting job and the recruiter looked at me and said, "Casey, you don't even like accounting and I was like what am I going to do? You know, and for some reason, she just saw that little nugget in me that you know knew that I would love to help people and serve people, and so it was a natural pivot for me to go into sales with uh, recruiting and to uh, help people in the accounting and finance space. So that's what I do today.
0: As a former reformed accountant, I can relate. Uh, <laughs> I did my accounting career for. Do the math here almost 20 years as well. And I I, I kind of ventured off a little bit into IT for a bit and then went back into accounting and then realized why I left it and decided okay, let's do something different. And not profit executive. Directors and CEOs and things like that. And, you know, here I am today. And I, I look back at it, I'm, I'm thankful for the, the background because it definitely helps with uh, running a business to have some understanding of where things are trending and whatnot. But I don't miss the work at all. Um, I definitely don't miss tax season. Um, at all. I, I I use a tax program to do my individual taxes, business taxes. I assign those off. Uh, I should probably just do the same thing with the individual. Just say, here, just do it all. Yeah, okay. Let me know what you need. Um, but you know, occasionally, I still look at it just because I like seeing the number goes up as far as a refund is concerned. And then I get really <laughs> panicky when it goes into the red. I'm like, wait a minute. How's that? But any anyway, long story, another story for another day. So Hiring and recruiting. Um, I've worked with some amazing recruiters in my life. And one of the things that I always enjoy in working with people that do that for their vocation is the ability to be able to decipher if an individual is going to be successful with the team. It's not a case of, I need to hire a director of operations that can run in a manufacturing environment. Okay. You're going to get hundreds, if not thousands of resumes of people that it can do exactly that. And you could just literally go, hired, there you're there. But that's not it. It's the Mm-mm. case of, will this individual be successful for this client? Will this client be successful when they hire this individual to make it a better organization? And ultimately, does that create the opportunity, one, for you, getting referrals from that client and mm-hmm. also increased business? Because... My hunch is a lot of the organizations you work with, they they have more than one employee. So that's the whole thing is to you know, keep that rotation. So when I talk to people that are looking for jobs, and they say, well, my recruiter didn't get me in there. I don't think they sold me. It's like, mm, you didn't match up well with that organization. There was something to it. And you know, be open and honest with the recruiter and ask them, okay, what was it you know, and that was different on that? And, and most recruiters will be you know, quite honest when it comes to, here's you know why they went with somebody else. It could have been that person was just a better fit or there may be something that that individual could work on to become better. So I, I'm not trying to steal your thunder here, but I'm guessing that that's my observation no. for, for never working in that field. Although, you know, I take that back. I, I, I That's actually not true. I worked in the IT department for an executive search firm in chicago for several years so i i I paid attention and listened a little bit to to some of the dialogue but i I was more focused on the it side of things than anything but obviously jump in and 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 share your thoughts about the industry and and some things that people can do to make sure that they're you know best prepared when they are looking for roles and and finding that right organization for themselves
1: well i think 100 percent what you said is true We And that's kind of, I think, what sets us apart as our company is that we're not looking just to put a butt in the seat, right? We want to fill that seat with the right person. And so I'm going to start with our internal process for hiring, because we are very, very selective about who we bring into VIP because, you know, we're a small company, but we, but we have a very forward-thinking culture. It's just amazing. And I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute, but we have a very extensive hiring process and that helps us identify those right people first. So we would rather hire slow, fire fast than hire fast, you know, and fire fast. So we hire very slowly. Our hiring process can take up to a month. So we have several different steps that we follow. So the first step is, of course, we're going to do that phone screen, talk to you, make sure there's interest on both parties' parts. But the second step that I do is I have an assessment that I use by, uh, from iWorkZone. It's called the Talent Selfie, also known as the Fit Assessment. And I'm an assessment junkie. And I can tell you this is probably one of the best tools for hiring I've ever seen. And it benchmarks, it goes, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but it measures ac- across four different quadrants, external wiring, like your Myers-Briggs, your whether you're task or people oriented, whether you're active or passive. And then the most important part is your internal wiring. Like for me, I could be an accountant, but my internal wiring is the exact opposite of an accountant. So while I could do the job, it wasn't my passion. I didn't love doing it. I didn't enjoy getting up and going to work every day, where now it's like, I'm early. I work all the time because I'm not really working. You know, I'm having fun. So we use the assessment and we benchmark the um, candidates against our top performers in our office to see if they're going to fit with, number one, if they're internally wired to do the job, and number two, if they're going to fit in some space within our current team. Once we get past the assessment, then we go to the one-on-one interview with me. If I have a good rapport with that candidate, we're going to set up a separate day for them to come in and meet the rest of the team. And the reason I say separate and why that's so important is because people can show up differently on different days. Would you agree? Definitely. Yeah. And I want to make sure that they're showing up consistently. I've, and these, this, each time I have a bad hire, a new step evolves, you know, to kind of alleviate that. And that having those meetings on different days really, really, can show you, you know, not 100%, but can show you if that person's just putting on a show for you that first day because they can't keep it up. They just can't. Um, After that, we do the one-on-one and then the team interview, then, again, super important, we do a culture lunch. And that's where the majority of the team will go out and have lunch outside of the office in a neutral environment with the potential candidate. And again, I've seen candidates fall apart at these lunches. Once we've done all that, we'll come back, we'll talk about it as a team. And I tell candidates from the very beginning, you get one no, we're done. So, it is a unanimous decision. That way, everybody has buy-in on the team with this new person, and they're going to help them more. They're going to be more inclined because they said they wanted them. So, that's our internal hiring process.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing they fail at the luncheon because you keep slipping them shots. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) there maybe, sometimes maybe. there is. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah.
0: And you know, maybe let's like, okay, let's see what their true colors are, you know, and another right. personality test. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's, that's a great way to do it. And I think, again, I love the idea of having them come in on a different day and I'm assuming it's not even the same like day, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I'm guessing you mix it up a little bit because mm-hmm. maybe, you know, they're really good on a Wednesday, but You have them come in on a Monday morning around 9.30 and you see, okay, can they pivot around different pitfalls and challenges? Because, again, that's going to demonstrate their character as someone that's going to take initiative. For example, Mm -hmm. we know... In most cases, you know, Monday morning traffic can be a little hectic compared to maybe later in the week, depending on where you are. So Monday mornings, there's always some issues. There could be accidents and who knows what else. For me, whenever I interviewed on a Monday, I always try to aim not to be interviewed on Monday, but sometimes you don't have a choice. But in those situations, like, okay, I know that, you know, especially in the town that I live in, traffic can be a huge issue. So I'm going to make sure that I get to that interview Early, way early. I can go into a coffee shop. I can do something. Um, I'd rather be there early than rush and be late. Because when you're late, you're thinking about all of these things. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, with a firm like yours. It, There's no excuses. I mean, yes, things could happen. You know, if, you know, a bridge collapses or something, there's going to be an understanding on that. But if it's just normal traffic and someone is late, again, that does not bode well for that candidate. And you have, you know, some concern about that candidate being able to be on time for your, you know, the client employer. Because, sometimes I could demonstrate that they don't really put time and effort into being prepared to meet with you because it's a very important meeting. This is a, mm-hmm. a crucial meeting. And I think I, and I've seen this because I've been in the hiring um, business of hiring for people that I've worked for and, and w- my own team and everything like that. And it, it, it's funny where, you know, I'd pull my hair out if I had any <laughs> with some of the people that I've interviewed and going, do you even want this job? Because they, they certainly aren't demonstrating any desire or initiative to want it and put their best foot forward. You know, it's like they were just doing it to do it. I'm like, why, why are you wasting your own time and, and our time for this? So,
1: um, I'm glad you said something about timing too, because that is so important. And a lot of people, so let's talk about when I'm hiring for a client now. And pre-COVID, you know, we would meet all of our candidates in person. That's what our clients paid us to do. And I think a lot of people don't realize that we are the gatekeeper to those clients. A lot of time, if those clients are using recruiters, they are no longer recruiting on their own. So you're not going to be able to get in there by applying on your own. It's going to be through a recruiter. So don't disregard the importance of a recruiter and definitely don't disregard, you know, the recruiter's time. Um, Don't arrive an hour early. I've had that. You know, my, my intent is to treat you, the candidate, as important with your time as I would like for you to treat my time. So don't show up an hour early because I feel obligated to go ahead and have that interview with you. But you don't know what that does to my calendar if I do that, right? And more than likely, I'm gonna have to get somebody else to cover it if you do that. But also don't arrive late, just like you said, because that again is disrespectful of time. And I don't care if you're meeting with a recruiter, anybody don't be disrespectful of people's time because that's just not nice i don't not cool so i'm so glad you brought that up but don't go in too early to an interview and don't go in late 10 to 15 minutes is really ideal
0: yeah that's what i usually aim for 10 to 15 minutes and thankfully with technology you can use google maps or other maps and get a, a view of the building and know exactly what the building looks like Commute times, all of that kind of stuff, and and those are questions that candidates should ask. You know, because again, in larger cities, like okay, what's the parking like there? Is there a parking garage nearby? Is there parking on site? Is it paid parking? What you know, what should you do? Is there any construction going on right now? And you know, you, you know one of my clients right now, the their office uh, was. The road in front of them was completely closed for two weeks because governments are taking advantage of the you know, less people on the road. So mm-hmm. they said, well, you know what? Let's move up some pavement projects and things like that. So that's what they ended up doing. So it's like I went in there. I'm like, oh, I guess I can't park there because I can't <laughs> get to the parking lot. All right, well, plan B. Uh, but And that's not a big deal because you know, I'm just going there. But if you're going on an interview, you want to have the logistics of, of those things and, and plan for it so that way... When you go in for the meeting and you're sitting down, you're having conversation. You are at the calmest state you can be. I mean, we know that as a candidate, you're going to be nervous, especially if it's a role that is really exciting for you to apply for. And it's like wow, this would be a great place for me to work. So you get you're you're nervous, you're anxious, and I know recruiters recognize that and understand that. But the key is you know don't add any additional ingredients into that because it could cause you to not be your normal self, and that's who the recruiters want to see. They want to see the normal version of you, who you are on a day-to-day basis, not this, okay, we're going to shine everything up and make myself look really, really good for this interview, and then you go into it, and you're like, wait a minute, you're not the same person we interviewed. Who are you? And it's, it's just one of those things where I, I know you probably have countless stories. If you've interviewed, you know, thousands of people, I'm sure you've got some really interesting stories with some people and you're like, why did they even bother coming in?
1: You know, probably one of the, I, I don't know if most people realize this, but as recruiters, we have really small interview rooms when we're talking to the candidates, do you have any idea why we do that intentionally?
0: Well, body odor, for one, yes. is probably the biggest yes. thing. Is you know to see if, cause okay, there' an, an odor issue here, or um, if they, you know, felt like that they, you know, took a bath at the perfume section at Saks or something like that. You know, it's like because I've seen that too, where you're like, whoa, and it, it, you have to just you know be, take a shower, be clean, have a brush your hair, you're good, yeah. Well,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that for sure, I've had all of those issues. And I really, I could sit here all day and tell you about some of the horror stories and some of the people that walk. And it's really, I mean you can tell by the way somebody shows up in the, in the lobby, in the front lobby, the way they treat the receptionist, the way your interview begins before you even get out of your car. Because I've had clients call me and say, you know, I saw them do this in their car before they came in here to meet with me. And I'm like, Oh Lord. So, you know, when I'm coaching candidates, I will tell them your interview begins the moment you pull into that parking area, that parking space. So be, be on your best behavior from that moment on. I had one guy that was looking in everybody's cars. I was like, as he was walking in, and the CFO called me and, like, no, no, Casey. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I do definitely try to coach to that.
0: Yeah, I've seen, yeah, I haven't had the person looking in cars, but being polite to the receptionist,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that should be your natural instinct in the way you live life anyway. Um, and the service people, anybody that works in any type of service industry, be polite to them. I mean, that's not to get out of a soapbox here, but please do that. But especially for an interview, because 99.9% of the time, they're going to talk to the receptionist and Mm -hmm. say, how was this candidate while they were waiting? And they're going to be honest, because that person is in all likelihood going to be working with that individual. And they're certainly not going to want to bring in a jerk into the environment. If they were a jerk to them, they're going to go, Oh, okay. You're going to play that way. All right. Well, I'll, I'll have my comments shortly and you're done. You, you won't get the job. So it's just, be, you know, you said, be on your best behavior. And when you do that, again, it just, it, it gives you an advantage against the other candidates because I've seen people come in and I can tell it's like, okay, what were they like? What were they like? What were they like? And uh, every time, the ones that were really polite and approachable and helpful and, and generous and just, you know, happy-go-lucky, those were the ones that tended to connect with not only the recruiters, but when they, you know, actually interviewed with the client as well, they're like, wow, this is a really great human being, and we think we'd be a great person to add to this organization. And it's not hard to, I know a lot of people may disagree with me on this, it's not hard to get a new job. You just do the right things and apply to the right places that you have the skill set to one use and two you know growth as an as an employee you should want to grow so you don't want to go into organization necessarily and have the answers for everything you want to have some growth for your own professional development but I tell you, some people just completely missed the boat on that.
1: And I'm glad you brought that up on the professional development because that is a piece that we are very, very big on here at VIP. Um, and we do continual lunch and learns. And, you know, we're encouraged to go out and seek additional certifications. Um, you know, we're about to roll in. Um, it's not official yet, but we are about to roll in a new piece to it, which I think is going to really set us apart as recruit- as a recruiting agency. And that we're going to bring in executive coaching for our clients as well. So I think that's going to be huge. And I think that's a piece that, you know, instead of having to offer a guarantee for a placement, right, because, you know, most recruiting agencies will offer a 90 day guarantee. And I also know most of them will be there like, please don't quit before 90 days. You know, we don't want that attitude. We want to go in with full confidence that we don't even need to give you a guarantee because we're going to make a placement that's going to stick. We're going to find you the right person the first time. And but but the coaching piece is going to come in because some of our clients, you know, um, we can't get people to go interview there because they have such bad reviews and the culture and, you know, what they they have such high turnover. And so we want to be able to offer them a solution to that, to build up those teams, to build those better teams, so that they can get the good talent that they seek.
0: Organization I helped out years ago. I don't think I, when we talked, I don't think we talked about this, uh, but it was a, basically a startup healthcare organization. It had been around for a couple of years, but in the first two years they had over 80% turnover. Oof. And I was brought in as their executive, and after my first year, the turnover was 6%. Good so job. 80 to 6. Wow. And there were a couple people that um, I use the Jack Welch term, de-hired, because they just weren't a right fit for the organization. But the remaining staff stayed there, and many of them are still there today, and that was six years ago. And nice. It, but it's a case of just knowing, knowing your team, knowing the environment, and stabilizing the situation. And for those organizations that, you know, that you're having difficulty getting uh, people to go apply, the executive coaching is going to be crucial. And I can see many angles that you can work mm-hmm. with us on this, and I'm sure you already have. But that's one area that I think a lot of executives desperately need because they've done really well in their careers and they've rose to the executive ranks. But the training that they get once they get to that point is next to nothing in Mm -hmm. many organizations unless they do it on their own. Some do, many don't. And it's such a lost opportunity because if you can coach these executives on how to be better leaders, uh, shameless plug, how to prevent burnout as a leader, all these (laughs) things, once you do that then all of a sudden you have a healthy leader. If you have a healthy leader, then you have a healthy team and a healthy organization that's making yep. better products and services for the society. And I think that's it has such a huge ripple effect both ways. If, if you have a strong leader that's doing well and is healthy and is leading a great organization and everybody in the organization is doing well, Then when you go through a pandemic, guess what? Those organizations are still around and they're agile and they're doing the things that are fine. And they're not worried about, are we going to still be in existence if this lasts much longer? They're not going to have to worry about it because they have the flexibility and the skill set to be able to navigate these really interesting waters. And um, I commend your organization for adding that. That is definitely a big step and not something you see very often with, uh, with any search firm. Yeah. Uh, much less much less the you know the specialized one, so kudos to you and your team for for rolling that out because I think that's going to be a game changer and it's going to make organizations stronger. so thank you for investing in those organizations yeah. That.
1: yeah, and you know i um I, I can't say enough good things about VIP you know I am the director of recruiting here, but you know i I, I don't have an ownership piece here, but I feel like I do. You know, I feel like I am just as much a part of this business and that I impact whether or not it succeeds as anybody else. And that's because I'm empowered from the top to do those things. I mean, very forward thinking company. In fact, we've been hiring while we were still sheltering at home. I met a couple of new people when we came back to the office and I was like, oh, hey, we've been talking and emailing. So it's nice to meet you in person. But we virtually onboarded them. It was seamless. It worked out fantastic. And, you know, I mean, Along with the coaching, we also have our podcast that we do. And, you know, there, we, it's called We Are VIP. And there's one single mention of VIP in the intro that says, brought to you by VIP. Other than that, there's no selling. We're not selling our services. We are giving value to our candidates and to our clients first. And we have had some stellar people on the podcast to share information, whether it was about mindset, hiring, writing a resume, getting through those applicant tracking systems with those big companies. I mean, we had a guy that came on. He says, I am telling you, I'm giving you the hack. Here's how you get in with us. You know, I want to see your resume, but you got to do it right. So, I mean, we've just had some really, in fact, you're scheduled to come up on our podcast soon too, I think.
0: Yep. In a couple of months, I'm looking forward to that conversation, but no, I I think it's, it's great for what you're doing because again, it's like any matchmaking thing. When you have two parties that actually do fit together, it just makes for such a better situation for everybody involved. And it, it helps make organizations grow and better and stronger because the skill sets that are brought by the candidate matched up with what the organization does. It just creates this amazing environment. So in closing, what is you know one tip that you'd want to give to candidates about being successful and also uh, a successful tip towards employers to being successful in, in finding these right people?
1: So my tip's going to be kind of the same for both. The first thing I'm going to tell candidates is find your passion. Find your passion so you don't work a day in your life. And for companies that are hiring, look for the passion. Because if you find that passion, you will have dedicated employees for a long, long time, and you'll have a happy team.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I, I couldn't agree more. And um, that is such great advice because, if, again, if you find your passion as an individual, you can find an organization that matches up with that. You're not working. You're just going in and contributing and living your life and enjoying every moment of it. So Casey, loved your conversation today. Um, Obviously people on the video can see where they can find you, but uh, share where people can find out more about this awesome work you're doing.
1: So you can find out all about VIP um, at wearevip.com and that's wearevip.com vip.com and there's also a link to our podcast it's got its own landing page there on our website and if you want to just learn more about me you can go to caseyhaston.com
0: awesome and i'll have all that information in the show notes so casey great again to talk with you and I'll look forward to our conversation in a couple of months on your show
1: all right thanks so much for having me this was fun
0: thank you thanks for listening to the, the breakfast, breakfast leadership, leadership show, show part of the breakfast leadership network Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.